Uh, if you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to open them with me to um, Galatians, the third chapter. Galatians chapter 3. Amen. I was going to, um, I'll just mention it briefly. I, I've, I've mentioned it already, but one of the things that I've been doing, my, my, uh, my normal routine, what I call normal routine is, you know, mine and Pam's routine before all this happened is, you know, get up fairly early for me, 5 o'clock, and, and um, usually here uh, at the church um, by 6, and then go teach my classes at the foundry, and then do different things throughout the day, and then, of course, we have, you know, in other words, it's a busy, full life that we live and, and enjoy every minute of it. Well, obviously, that's, <laughs> that's all, all changed and has been for a few weeks. I, I have to, on some days, I have to try to really figure out what day of the week it is. Um, because, you know, my routine is, is the, the visual clue, you know, for all that. So um, I started a book a while back, and, and it's kind of laid dormant. I did some outlining and, and work on it. So I've been, I've been getting up in the mornings, most mornings anyway, and, and starting my day by writing. And, man, I like that a lot. That my mind is fresh, and, and the Lord's really been speaking to me about some things. And so the book's on faith. Working title is, is Faith Maddox, but... Um, just let me share this with you right quick about the book and then we'll get into the word but um, I had went I guess it was again Friday morning Saturday morning um, we needed some bread and eggs and you know things of that nature and um, so I had gotten those items and was sitting in the parking lot at Hills uh, grocery store there in Pleasant Grove and the way I'd parked my truck um, I could pretty much see the whole parking lot in front of me and all these people were coming either out of the grocery store or into the grocery store, and, and just about every one of them had on a mask. And I really felt like the Lord began to, to, to speak to me. He was showing me something very practical from his word, and, and, and he just kept saying, look at those folks, look at those folks. And I knew he was wanting me to see something about it. And, um, and this is, he took me to the, to the passage of Scripture um, matter of fact, let me, I'll just, I'll, I'll read the verse to you. It's one you know. Uh, he, he triggered this in my spirit in, um, from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So let me try to articulate this here rather briefly. Um, on a typical uh, Friday morning, folks would not be wearing masks in and out of the grocery store. But they were doing that in response to something that they could not see. Couldn't see the coronavirus. But they believed it was present and therefore acted on that belief. Something they couldn't see, but now they're doing something in response to that. And it would help us to begin to understand faith in that way. Um, the Bible says that we live our lives in the natural based upon a reality that is not visible, but we believe is there. Amen? Now, here's my last word on coronavirus, and we'll get to the, to the word, okay? Um, obviously, the coronavirus is a threat, and, and I'm not telling you to not protect yourself from it. But in the same way that you can't with the naked eye see coronavirus, you can't with the naked eye see the blood of Jesus and the covenant that we have 
that's protecting us from this, right? And so when we, when we talk in terms of, you know, faith without works is dead, um, people uh, wearing masks and gloves and all these things, you know, to go get a loaf of bread, um, notice again, they're focused on something they can't see, and it's impacting the way they're behaving uh, in the seen realm. Faith is just like that. We, we can't see the protection, but we believe it's there. We know it's there, and we're going to act uh, accordingly. Amen? Does that make sense? Praise God. All right. Um, so let's go to Galatians chapter 3 uh, this morning. We, we've been, um, it's, as a lot of you know, we started uh, end of last year uh, talking about uh, you know, the blessing of Abraham. And that Jesus became a curse for us so that the blessing of Abraham could come upon us. He, he, he lifted, came under the curse with us, Galatians 3. Jesus came under the curse with us. Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. He became a curse for you. He lifted that curse off of you and carried it away so that you could now receive the blessing of Abraham upon your life. And um, I know we've talked some about it. I just want to encourage you in your own personal studies to, um, to really look at all that the blessing of Abraham involves because, again, every, every part of that, every bit of that is, is true. Now, we've taken a little bit of a side journey um, because we see that we are qualified to be blessed because we've been justified. So, so the simple phrase that we've been saying is, Justified means qualified, all right? It was our sin that separated us from fellowship with God and disqualified us. Uh, in other words, we didn't deserve to be blessed. We deserve the curse. We, we deserve punishment. Um, we deserve death uh, for all of sin and falling short of the glory of God. And we see that, again, in Romans, that the wages of sin, the punishment for sin, is death. Um, and so that's what we, of course, celebrated not just last Sunday with Easter, we celebrated every day, I hope you do, is that Jesus came and died for us. Um, we made our bed in hell and he came and not only rescued us out of that hell that we made our bed in, but he laid in that bed for us. The world says, you made your bed, now lay in it. Well, we, we made a bed for ourselves, but Jesus laid in it for us so that we could be free from the curse and the punishment and the death that comes because of sin. But again, it's not just, and, and I, we've had a lot of us who were raised, you know, uh, you know, in certain denominations and churches, I'll just say it that way. Um, what we were told about salvation was, forgiveness of sin so we wouldn't go to hell and would get to go to heaven one day when we die. Um, and certainly that's part of it. But Jesus didn't just forgive you for your sins. He took your sin away from you, not in part but in whole, um, removed it from you as far as the east is from the west, and, and that's infinity. Um, and, and not only that, it's not just that your sins were forgiven and taken away, um, it's not just the sin that you committed up to the point that you were, you were saved, but the Bible says Jesus was one sacrifice for all sin for all time. Um, so again, I don't, I don't want to try to get too heavy or deep into all of that, 
Um, but Jesus took care of your sin problem so that you could live in victory today. Um, and so many times that's what's left out of the gospel uh, message is we talk about the sin that was committed in the past and that being forgiven and then us going to heaven one day when we die, that being the future. But many times just how we take what Jesus did for us, the victory that he fought so hard with his own life and won for us, how do we translate that into victory in our lives today, right now, right here, today, this morning? And so Jesus becoming a curse for you wasn't just so you could be blessed one day when you get to heaven, but him becoming a curse for you was so that you could, of course, be free from the curse today and be blessed, have the blessing of Abraham upon you today. Amen. Right here, right now, this morning. Praise God. So we've said that there's a, a curse that has to be resisted by faith, and there's a blessing that has to be received by faith. But Jesus has taken care of the sin that separated you from fellowship with God. He's taken care of the sin that disqualified you from being blessed by God, which means because we're justified, we're now qualified. Now, we have this tendency, and, it, and it's, 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 it's part of what our minds are constantly being renewed from. Amen. Uh, most people look at life based upon what they think they earned or what they think they deserve. Uh, this is why feeling unworthy is such a problem in the body of Christ today. Uh, so many people uh, in their own minds disqualify themselves from being blessed by God because they don't believe they are worthy of it. They consider themselves to be unworthy, undeserved. Well, we were all unworthy. We were, we're all undeserving. None of us deserve anything. Your, your best days, your, your best week, your, you know, uh, that, you know, as far as your behavior and being good and all that's concerned, could never earn um, any of God's blessing and favor. It could never qualify you, let's just say it that way. Uh, but it was Jesus, right? It's what he did for us and us believing uh, on him. Now, there's another aspect to all of this that is, is very important, and, and, and this, is, uh, this is what we're going to begin to develop and work on. Actually, we've already started developing and working on it, but we're just going to bring it back in. And, and that is that when it comes to the blessing, this is something that we inherit. And, and that's important to understand it as being something that we inherit as opposed to something that we earn. Uh, remember, the old, in the Old Testament, righteousness, right, Righteousness was something you earned based upon something you, you did. In the New Testament, righteousness is something you became based upon something you believed. Right? Uh, amen. And I know for a lot of folks, especially if you're new to, to what we teach and preach here at Heritage or new to this message, that, that seems very foreign to you. But I challenge you, search it out in the Scriptures. And you'll see that what I'm telling you is, is, is 100% accurate. Not because it's my opinion or because it's what Brother Copeland or Brother Hagen teaches or Creflo Dollar. It's what the Word of God teaches soundly in, 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 a, in a, again, throughout the, the New Testament, throughout the New Covenant. So we've, we've gone from what we've earned to what we've been given. Faith receives what grace 
has already given, what faith has already provided. And so because the blessing of Abraham is no longer based upon something we do, but based upon um, something we inherit, notice it, it's, it's taken it out of, the, out of the realm of doing and it's brought it into the realm of being. Okay, So let me explain what I mean by that. In the Old Testament, if you did this, 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 and this times 613, right? <laughs> in other words, 613 commandments, then you, you know, would be blessed. But if you didn't do those things, then you would be cursed. So it was, it was all about um, your behavior and, and doing, uh, and that was how you would receive uh, or be blessed. It doesn't work that way in the New Testament. In the New Testament, because it's no longer about something earned or deserved, but it's about an inheritance given and received, it's no longer based upon what you do, but it's now based upon who you be, your being. Amen? Remember, your, your inheritance is not based upon something that you earned or, 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 or you know, became good enough to get. Inheritance is based upon um, being a, a, a son or a daughter uh, of the one that you are an heir of. Okay? Now... Let's go to Galatians chapter 3. Amen. Um, there's a lot here. Uh, verses 13 and 14. Let me read those. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, um, I'm not going to comment on those now but we'll come back to them later uh, verses uh, 15 through 18 talk about uh, the um, the promise made to I think well, let's read those brethren I speak in the manner of men though it is only a man's covenant yet if, it, yet if it is confirmed no one annuls or adds to it now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made he does not say and to seeds as of many but as of one, and to your seed, who is Christ. All right, so um, it, I, I was uh, listening to uh, a book recently, um, last week. It's one that Brother Brian Reynolds turned me on to, and I'm really enjoying it. Um, you heard me talk about Jesus Manifesto. The same authors that wrote Jesus Manifesto have written another book. It's called Jesus, A Theography. And... Um, what they're doing in that book is they're showing how the entire Bible uh, is, is about Jesus. Uh, that all the Old Testament is, is uh, pointing to him, and then the New Testament, of course, is, is him fulfilling it. And, um, and there's a quote, I forget who they're, they're quoting in the book, but they, but they simplified it by saying, what the Old Testament concealed, the New Testament revealed. And we see that there were many things that were concealed in the Old Testament that until the light, Jesus, came, um, we only had shadows of those things. Um, let, me, let me try to use this example, and I know we've got limited uh, camera view here, but, but if there's a light way out there shining towards me, anything between me and the light is going to cast a shadow in my direction. Okay? 
But once that light comes right here with me, okay, everything that was casting a shadow now is, is illuminated and I can see it clearly. So that's how the, the um, Old Testament and the New Testament uh, work. We see there's types and shadows. There are all kinds of things in the Old Testament that speak of Jesus, but Jesus the light was, was way out in the future shining in their direction, and so it was casting shadows. So they could see it but not see it clearly. And one of the, the great mysteries revealed is that all the talk of the promise God made to Abraham and his seed, this was not just referring to the biological descendants of Abraham, but Father, in his brilliance, used that word seed because it, could have, it has dual meaning, right? It can mean seed like a whole bunch, a, a sack of seed, or it could be seed singular, one. And this is what we're seeing here, the Holy Spirit revealing to us through the Apostle Paul in Galatians 3, is that the seed that the promise was made is not seeds, plural, but seed, singular, uh, Jesus. Now, why, why is that important? Well, that's important because we've been born again of his seed. We've been talking about that on Wednesday night. Man, let me just encourage you, please, be tuning in with us on Wednesday night. And let me apologize, especially those of you who are watching via Vimeo. Uh, we, we had issues. Uh, we didn't get started until about 7.15 on Wednesday night. Um, nothing to do with our end. It was, I guess, heavy traffic trying to get up and running through the Vimeo platform that, was, um, that we, had, we were in a holding pattern. So uh, I've said it before. Let me say it again. You know, if you ever tune in and it doesn't start right at 10.30 or right at 7 p.m., uh, you know, don't think we're out throwing the Frisbee in the parking lot and forgot about you, okay? It's, um, it's because we're having some kind of technical issue. Just be patient with us. We're going to keep, uh, we're gonna keep uh, uh, you know, keep trying until we get it going there. But anyway, praise God. So we've been talking about the new birth on, on Wednesday nights, and I'm really excited about uh, continuing that this Wednesday night. But anyway, um, so it, again, let's go back to it. Verse 16, now to Abraham and his seed, if you're following along, uh, at home, with it, looking at your own Bible, you see that, that his seed is capital S. This is, uh, again, speaking of, of Jesus, uh, where the promise is made. And he does not say, and to seeds as of many, but as to one, and to your seed, who is Christ. And this I say, that the law, which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ, that it should make the promise of no effect. For if the inheritance is of the law... It is no longer of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. Now, let me, can we just do a little teaching this morning? Praise God. I've got a few more minutes with you. Let, let, me, let me just break down, if that's confusing to you, what he's saying there. Remember, Father God comes to Abraham and they cut a blood covenant. You talk about foreshadowing, right? Um, in that covenant, uh, you know, the shedding of blood and, and, and the oath and all these promises were made to Abraham and his seed. Remember, though, um, before Abraham actually entered into the covenant, he fell into a deep sleep, and a pre-incarnate Jesus actually walked between those blood sacrifices uh, as Abraham's covenant representative. Okay, um, So when Abraham's descendants broke the covenant, it was the one who walked between the sacrifices that paid with his life. Hence, 
what we celebrated last week, Jesus' uh, death on the cross, his, his penalty, his payment, punishment, um, not for sins he committed, but for sins that um, others committed. Now, it wasn't until 430 years after that um, that the law came from God through Moses, and if you recall, it was ratified with the sprinkling of blood and, 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 and all these things. So, in a lot of people's thinking, it still happens today, um, but especially in, in the you know, first century uh, practicers of Judaism, um, the way they understood it, a lot of them understood it, was that somehow what God did with Moses overrided, uh, overrode, canceled out the, the covenant that was made with Abraham. And this is what the Holy Spirit is saying clearly to us, that what God did with Moses and the law that came 430 years later uh, through Moses, as, as important as that was, it did not negate or do away with the promise that God made to Abraham. And, and that's, he goes on to explain here, uh, this is why obedience to the law cannot make a man righteous, and obedience to the law cannot... Uh, qualify a man or a woman for inheritance. You, 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 you can't obey the law enough to become somebody's son. Um, we're talking about a com, you know, completely different um, approach and, and methodology here. So I hope I'm not boring you too much with those details, but that's, that's, that's what he's saying here. Um, so again, verse 18, for if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer of promise. Uh, it, it can't be both ways. And I think this is the part that, let me just speak for myself, this is the part that I struggled with for many years is, is I was understanding more and more of grace, I, I had this kind of hybrid thing in my mind um, that uh, uh, the, 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 better, <laughs> the better I behave, the more grace I qualified for. Uh, and it, it, again, it's, just, it's, it's broken. It's, it, it can't be both. It's like what, it's probably best explained in Romans 4, um, where he looks there, the Apostle Paul by the Holy Spirit looks at, at the life of Abraham, and he says, what did Abraham learn? That if, if it's something that's earned or deserved, then it's, it can't be grace. Um, if, it's, if it's something that, that we think we are owed or we deserve because we've been so good and worked so hard, then we've just taken ourselves out of, of grace. We have fallen. That's what it means to fall from grace. It's when you think in your mind that you, you can only be blessed if you earn it or deserve it. Okay, um, So he's saying, no, no, it's, it's not about earning. The, what, what God established with Abraham was a promise based upon inheritance. A promise based upon inheritance. Okay, Now, I will skip over, uh, for sake of time, maybe we'll come back to it next week, verses 19 through 25. Um, but he talks there about um, how if, if a law could have been given that would truly make a man or woman righteous, then there was no need for Jesus to come. Right? Now, verse 26, let's get to the conclusion here. Verse 26, it says this, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Right, if you underline things in your Bible, I would, I would highly recommend you underline Galatians 3.26. Okay? Um, th this is a, a, a verse that I refer back to often in my own 
uh, studies and my own prayer time. And, you know, when the enemy's, uh, it's, 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 it's one of my favorite uh, parts of the sword of the Spirit. When the enemy starts trying to accuse and, and condemn, amen, um, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. My sonship and my standing, again, with God is not based upon my performance, okay? My sonship and my standing with, my, with Father God is based upon my faith in Christ Jesus. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, okay? Now, this is not just speaking of water baptism here. Being baptized into Christ uh, is speaking about something far more. It does include water baptism, but it's speaking of something far more than your physical body being uh, submerged in water in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay? To be baptized into Christ, if, if you remember um, in uh, the book of Corinthians, I forget it's 1st or 2nd Corinthians, get my 1st and 2nds confused a lot there, I apologize for that. Um, but I think it's, anyway, praise God, 1st Corinthians 10 I believe, but it's alright. Um, the Bible says that the people who came out of Egypt were baptized uh, with the baptism of Moses. Um, again, what in the world? Well, they're talking about an experience that marked them forever. They're talking about something that um, they encountered, something that, that, that they um, uh, experienced, you know, coming out, the miracles in Egypt, coming through the Red Sea, all, all of those things on dry ground, um, that it, it was uh, something that identified them. It was something that um, left in, 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 uh, a mark, you could say, that couldn't be erased. So when he says that we've been baptized into Christ, uh, he's talking about this experience, this salvation, new birth experience that we had. We, were, we are now identified uh, as, as his. Uh, we we um, have been changed forever uh, by that experience. And so he says, when this happened, baptized into Christ, that we literally put on Christ. We put him on. Um, uh, I put on this sweater vest. I put on this shirt this morning. We are, we are in Christ. This is, when he's talking about put on Christ, I'm inside these clothes this morning. Okay, um, And so, of course, we see that through the new birth, this is how one becomes in Christ Jesus. We've been learning on Wednesday nights that before we were born again, we were all in Adam. Um, now we're all in the last Adam. We're all in Christ Jesus. And everything the New Testament says about someone who is in Christ, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. If you're in Christ, you're a new creation. All of those things are true about you now if you've been born again. So this is where the new birth, baptized into Christ, put on Christ, we're in Christ. Verse 28, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So notice the connection here. It's beautiful. Every word is important. But I, want, I want to make sure you see the connection. If you've put on Christ, you're in Christ. Okay, You're all one in Christ Jesus. Now, in, these, uh, in verse 28, uh, 
he's talking about all these different um, social, economic, genetic, all, everything that you know people are known by or known for. Um, oh, he's a Jewish male. Oh, she's a Greek female. Um, he's a free uh, uh, man. She's a slave woman. The, in other words, all these different uh, characteristics, physical, natural things. He's saying that in Christ Jesus, we've now received an identity that supersedes and overrides all other identifying factors in our lives. And so then this brings us to verse 29. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now, I'm going to simplify this uh, this morning. I say simplify it. It, it's really not a it's it's not an, it's not a simplification so much as it is um, uh, just an easy way to communicate it. All right. Anytime you read heirs according to the promise, he's he's ultimately talking about the blessing. Now, somebody would hear this and they'd say, oh, "Yo, Pastor Mark, you are way oversimplifying it." Well, I would say to the one who says I'm oversimplifying it, you don't understand what all the blessing involves. In other words. The, the blessing includes the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The blessing includes the new birth. The blessing includes, remember, he preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand. And, and in preaching that gospel, he said, he said, in you all nations of the earth shall be blessed. So he's saying, what we read, and I'll finish here this morning. Remember in Galatians 3 and 13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So what the Holy Spirit does through the Apostle Paul in these verses that continue, and it's going to continue on into chapter 4, um, he's explaining how it is that someone uh, who is a non-biological descendant of Abraham could actually not only qualify for, but actually have the blessing of Abraham upon their life because this blessing was promised to the heirs of Abraham. Okay, Well, he walks us through it. The seed that it was actually, the promise was made to and fulfilled in was not every biological descendant of Abraham, but it was the Christ, it was Jesus, right? And because we're in Christ, right, we're in the seed and the seed's in us, this is what now firmly positions us to also inherit the promise, the promise to bless, amen. Um, and so the blessing of Abraham, again, is upon you and me. Praise God. Well, amen. I, um, I know that I had, I say promise, I didn't say I promised you. I, I did mention that we were going to talk a little bit about the blood of um, Abel crying out to Father from the ground. Maybe we'll get to that next week. But um, let me let me finish with this. Okay. Father desires to treat you like sin never happens. All right, I'm just going to keep saying that. I'm going to keep saying that. I'm going to keep saying that. All right. Um, he wants to treat you like your sin never happened. This is why he went to the great pain and expense that he went through to um, 
to make you right before him in his eyes and to restore you to sonship and right standing um, with him. We said that grace really is amazing, and amazing means to overwhelm with wonder. If your understanding of grace doesn't overwhelm you with wonder, then I would encourage you to expand your understanding of grace. We've looked at it in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 9, Romans 8, 15 through 17, and what we've concluded from those verses and others is that we have the same fellowship with God the Father as Jesus, and we have the same inheritance from God the Father as Jesus. Amen. We have been called into the fellowship of His Son, and we are an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus. Okay, this is Father's grace. This is His heart for you. And if we had have kept reading, because where we ended there in chapter 3 is not where the thought, the chapter breaks, but the thought continues, is he's going to go on to explain that we've got to grow up in our thinking. Um, we've, we've got to, uh, um, I've sometimes explained it this way, especially in discipleship class, we teach it this way, that um, our minds have, have got to, are, are playing catch up with our spirit. In other words, all this is already true about you at the deepest level of your existence, the real you is that born-again spirit inside of you. Uh, and that part of you is blessed. That part of you, son of God, same right standing, same fellowship, all of that is true about you right now. But sometimes our thinking is, is crossways to that, you know, is, is, <laughs> uh, doesn't line up with that. Let's just say it that way. Amen. Amen. Well, let me pray for you. Father, thank you this morning for your great love for us. Thank you this morning for the things that you're teaching us. Thank you, Father, that um, your words and your truth are rising up uh, strongly and powerfully in us. And um, I thank you, Lord, that, uh, again, we're not just surviving, maintaining, but we're thriving. It's our covenant right uh, to thrive. Uh, Father, we see your blessing upon different ones in the Old Testament and how they even going through difficult situations, they would always rise to the top. And I thank you, Father, that that's what's uh, happening with each one of us. I thank you, Father, that um, through uh, faith and endurance, we inherit the promises. And we thank you, Lord, for your love this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thank you so much for tuning in with us today. Um, again, if you need anything, please call us. Um, we're like you waiting to hear from our leaders um, when we can start assembling together again. Um, Sister Terry Croswell sent me a, a text and um, the other day she says, Pastor Mark, can we have some kind of dinner or something when, uh, when we can finally get back together? And, and um, uh, I told her, I said, Sister, we, we are waiting for our third annual spring picnic. So uh, it may be late spring, early summer, but um, we're going to do something fun and big um, uh, whenever we're uh, allowed to do that. Um, and so thank you for um, your continued giving. Um, it just amazes me. Um, rarely, if ever, have I done this, but I'm going uh, to pull the financial figures uh, for this time period over the last few years. I just believe in my heart that, that we're going to see more uh, financial resources being given to the church during this time when nobody's here 
than than what we would have normally seen in in the past. So that's just what I'm believing the Lord for, and and and, and we're seeing there. So um, Father's good, Amen. And uh, you be blessed. Shake somebody's hand, hug somebody's neck, love somebody in Jesus. We'll see you on Wednesday night. Good things coming.